Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, The Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is May 17th, 2021. The All Boys Catholic School where I spent my formative years, was a very traditional establishment. The air was thick with chalk dust and a steady tension between a rebellious student body and an administration which resorted to corporal punishment to maintain discipline. However, a second line of defence for the authorities was the issuance of report cards every six weeks. Twice a quarter, the headmaster would stride into the classroom brandishing a batch of coloured cards to be signed by parents and returned. A rare pink A card containing all eights and nines would be a cause of domestic celebration. A B card, coloured blue, would contain some sevens and would generally receive little comment from my parents. A green C card was a more serious matter, requiring more elaborate explanations at home. For most of my school career it was B cards, but the headmaster seemed to enjoy my nervousness as he toyed with the cards before revealing my fate. Investors have little reason for complaint about the year so far, and in the middle of the second quarter, the report card for the US economy and markets has a distinctly pinkish tinge. The economic recovery from the pandemic remains largely on track, although with inflation looking a bit stronger and employment growth a little weaker than might have been anticipated a few months ago. Markets continue to view this progress favourably, with long-term interest rates remaining remarkably calm, and the stock market so far avoiding any sharp correction. In addition, a long-anticipated rotation from growth to value has only partly unfolded, while an equally long expectation of an outperformance in international equities has yet to materialise. That being said, we expect the post-COVID recovery to gather momentum in the months ahead, and this should, over time, elicit more of a reaction from markets. Looking at the details, on the pandemic, while the pace of vaccinations has slowed, their cumulative impact is becoming clearer. As of May 15th, over 47% of all Americans and over 84% of those over the age of 65 had received at least one dose. Between vaccinations and prior infection, America appears to be rapidly moving towards herd immunity. Confirmed new cases have fallen dramatically, from over 70,000 per day in mid-April to less than 35,000 today, while fatalities have fallen to roughly 600 per day, compared to over 3,000 per day at the start of the year. It should be acknowledged that spring weather is playing some part in this rapid improvement, that regional differences in the pace of vaccinations remain problematic, and that new variants could continue to challenge vaccines in the months ahead. However, on balance, it looks like the nation is finally on the road to getting past COVID-19. On fiscal policy, last week saw some progress on an infrastructure plan, with what appeared to be productive talks between the White House and Senate Republicans. So far, the gap between the President's proposal for $2.3 trillion in spending and the Republican counteroffer of $568 billion remains large. However, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell indicated that Republicans could be open to spending up to $800 billion. Both sides may want to compromise. The President would like to get something done with Republican votes, and Republicans may not want to be seen as blocking any progress on this issue. Equally important, the White House strategy appears to be evolving into one involving a smaller compromise bill with the Republicans on infrastructure, without controversial tax or social spending provisions, followed by a bigger bill later in the year passed through the reconciliation process with only Democratic votes. If there is to be agreement on infrastructure, it is likely to occur in the next few weeks. In a narrowly divided and highly partisan Washington, 
there are still many ways in which the legislative process could grind to a halt. But for now, the odds still narrowly favor further fiscal stimulus before the end of the year. On growth, the recovery from the pandemic is unleashing strong cross-currents in economic activity, with both imports and exports surging and inventory slumping in March. However, the broad picture is one of revival, with strong gains in consumer and investment spending. We believe the economy is still on track to post over 10% annualized real GDP growth in the current quarter, recovering its remaining pandemic losses. This should be followed by roughly 7% annualized growth in the second half of the year, boosting real GDP growth to close to a 7.5% year-over-year gain by the fourth quarter of 2021. This would also, remarkably, represent a roughly 5% increase over the fourth quarter of 2019, more than exceeding the trend growth that could have unfolded in the economy if the pandemic had never occurred. Growth should then decelerate in 2022, as the economy essentially returns to full employment. On jobs, the April employment report was a major disappointment, with the economy adding just 266,000 non-farm payroll jobs last month compared to analysts' forecasts of roughly 1 million, and the unemployment rate ticking up from 6% to 6.1% instead of falling. However, other labour market indicators remain strong, with initial unemployment claims falling to a new post-pandemic low last week and the JOLTS report showing a record number of job openings at the end of March. Relatively generous federal enhancements to state unemployment benefits are likely making it harder to encourage workers to sign on to low-wage jobs, and 16 states have now decided to opt out of the federal programme before its scheduled ending on September 6th. Between now and then, however, with pandemic restrictions being lifted and firms providing higher wages and other inducements to attract staff, strong employment gains are likely to resume. On inflation, last week's reports on consumer prices, producer prices and import prices were uniformly stronger than expected, as supply bottlenecks, labour shortages and rising consumer demand continue to put upward pressure on inflation. We expect that next week's reports on the PCE deflators for April will show year-over-year gains of 3.5% overall and 3.1% excluding food and energy, both well above the Fed's long-run 2% goal. While Fed officials are likely to continue to argue that this overshoot is temporary, the economy seems more threatened by broadly rising inflation today than at any time over the past four decades. On profits, with over 90% of the S&P 500 market cap reporting, first quarter operating earnings per share are on track to reach $47.28, a spectacular 143% gain from their pandemic-decimated levels of a year earlier. However, Apart from easy comparisons, it was a very strong season across the board, with 86% of firms beating expectations on earnings and 72% beating on revenues. Analysts now expect earnings of over $185 for the index in 2021, way above the previous record year of $157 in 2019. However, from 2022 on, slower economic growth, higher wage costs, higher interest rates, and potentially higher corporate taxes could make further profit gains much more difficult to achieve. On the international recovery, the pace of vaccination has picked up sharply in the European Union, with daily vaccinations now running ahead of the United States on a per capita basis. Subject to the same caveats about variants and vaccine hesitancy, this should allow the pandemic to ease in Europe within a few months. China and Japan should also turn the corner by the end of the year. While the pandemic continues to inflict a terrible toll on poorer nations, the global economy still appears to be on track to achieve a broad recovery from the pandemic over the course of the year, providing additional support to U.S. growth and inflation trends. Importantly for investors, while the U.S. will clearly outperform relative to other big economies in 2021, 2022 looks like a much more normal year, 
with relative growth patterns from the late teens reasserting themselves. On the Fed, three of the six Fed governors spoke on the outlook for the economy and monetary policy last week. All of them suggested that any increase in inflation would be transitory and the Fed would not act too soon in tightening. It is clear that their messaging is tight and designed to suppress increases in long-term interest rates. However, futures markets are now pricing in a first Fed rate hike by the end of 2022, in contrast to the Fed's March FOMC projections showing no rate hike before 2024. It would seem likely that the next batch of Fed forecasts due out after their June 15th, 16th meeting will include at least one rate hike in 2023. That meeting will also likely lead to heightened speculation about tapering bond purchases later this year or early next. And all of this, combined with strengthening growth and inflation data, should put upward pressure on long-term interest rates. For investors, 2021 has so far been a very positive year, with broad gains in global stock prices being only partly offset by bond market losses. However, rising inflation and a strengthening economy should lead to further increases in long-term interest rates, hurting both fixed-income markets and the most expensive parts of equity markets. In addition, valuations overall remain at very high levels, suggesting limited potential returns from traditional 60-40 portfolios going forward. This being said, there are wide swaths of markets that still have very reasonable valuations given the trajectory of the economy, including US value stocks in general and both EM and DM equities overseas. The report cards on financial environment are likely to turn less positive over the next few years, and investors, like a student anticipating a C card, will need to prepare a more active response. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.